When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode number 49 of the Spirit Leadership. Today I have Scott Haywood with me from the Buffalo Fire Department. He's currently a battalion chief. And uh, Scott and I are here to talk about some leadership, some company officer stuff, and a little bit of everything in between. Uh, Scott, hey man, thanks for coming on. Please, uh, you know, absolutely. Please, uh, you know, give everybody an introduction to who you are. You may not know who you are, and we'll get rocking and rolling. So my name is Scott Haywood. I'm Battalion Chief of Health and Safety with the Buffalo Fire Department at this point. Um, I have approximately 27 years on. Um, started as a firefighter. I had no desire to get in the job. I didn't know anything about the job. I did have family that were firemen, but that's all I knew about it. Um, got on in 1997. Uh, was quickly uh, engulfed in the love of the job. Trained on my own. I had three years on. Um, bid, uh, I was pr- predominantly on the east side of Buffalo, which is uh, where you go uh, back then to learn a job as a ghetto. You know, there's a quote out there that says, uh, if you want to learn to be a banker, you go to Wall Street. If you want to learn to be a fireman, you go to the ghetto. I was fortunate to work there for 21 years before and eight, after about 18 years, I bid the rescue because um, I wanted to learn a bunch of different disciplines, including the confined space, the rope, water, stuff like that, extrication. And they went to every single structure fire in the city. That helped. Um, after I got there, I had no desire to promote. You know, I was having the time of my life going to every fire. Um, but that house kind of, uh, pushes you to be better, whether you like it or not. And they were all studying and we ended up almost promoting a whole platoon out of there. I mean, it's a triple house. So you got four on the engine, four on a truck and five on the rescue, almost a whole platoon promoted out of there, uh, for that test. And, uh, there's actually a guy that's in flip school right now that was on my crew getting ready to be promoted. Uh, so in 2020, I think it was, I got promoted lieutenant, scored pretty well on that exam. I was still frustrated. Uh, you know, you'll never aim to be number 15 on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I was happy to get made in the first round. Uh, studied again a couple years later, did really well on captain. Captain by far was my favorite rank, even present one included um you got to kind of run your own house i was captain of an engine company on the east side um really loved engine work um that's where i'd spent a majority of my career as a firefighter and in 2022 
I was promoted to battalion chief and did a little stint uh, with the training bureau, which I loved because I, I didn't love the day shift aspect of it, but I did love, I loved to train. You know, I love hammering the basics, hammering the fundamentals like your friend. Um, and I only left there because I was able to go to health and safety and the health and safety chief gets to go to, and I'm still chasing it after 27 years. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a culture thing too, because you had the, the ideology and the, um, the desire, you know, pushed into you or not pushed in, uh, you were bred from that culture, you know, and, yeah. and I think ideology and mindset is, is how important the culture is, because if you think about it, it's not just, um, learning how to do your job. It's learning why you're doing it. It's creating the the effort, like the individual having the effort to go and do the right thing at the right time and having integrity and all those things. And the mindset is the biggest thing because once you free your mind or open your mind up to an ideology and believe it and then you personify it, the sky's the limit, you know? Yeah. And this situation we're talking about, the fire department, you mm -hmm. know, you, you had no experience and you now are looking back at the chief of health and safety. You can go to any fire you want, probably because that was instilled in you when you were in the rescue to want to go to fires, want to go to work, seek work, always seek work. And now looking back, it's 27 years later and you get to go wherever you want. Whereas it's, if somebody had a different experience where they were kind of like meh and they just went through the motions, they might be 27 years just looking for retirement or 27 years in a slow firehouse. Just because you know how yeah. there's guys. We all get paid to save. I hate they that. all get paid the same, <laughs> right? I absolutely loathe that saying. Yeah, and so, well, right, uh, uh, context-wise, I mean, there's there's yeah. also kind of a funny side to that. And I'll get to that in yeah. a second. But, uh, you know, you could be 27 years just, you know, cruising your way through retirement without ever really achieving anything in your life. And there's and there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with guys that are backstepped for 27 years. There's nothing wrong with guys that don't no, do no. fight fires. I think this, and, no, I think the senior man is – backbone of any department if they're yeah. if they're a good department and if they're a good senior man because yes longevity, yes. longevity and and good senior yeah, man longevity and competence typically um don't mean the same thing yeah so all right so first of all great quote uh you know go to the ghetto to fight fires from that was from that uh from uh still riding he's also uh from john galleone i think is his name and he also talks about heart and balls. That's all you need and everything else we can teach. So the thing is, you have to give a shit and you have to have the willpower to follow through with it. But he doesn't say, he doesn't say anything about knowing the culture. He doesn't say anything about any of that because that's part of everything else, which is also the first thing that's going to be instilled in you when you get there, I would think. I mean, because guys that go to the rescue in New York City, they're not new guys. They're guys that have proven themselves. They, I think, if I remember right, they do an interview process. Like, there's a whole thing before you ever walk in day one assigned there. And the whole yes. point of that is, you know, the whole point that I'm making is it's culture, the mindset, the belief, the the the, the ideology of of discipline, work ethic. Um, so mm -hmm. we're gonna. Like I talked to you about, you made a post. Um, it's from The Winning Difference, and I want this to set the tone for our discussion. And it's, uh, culture isn't inherited. It's instilled. You don't get the culture you wish for. You get the culture you work for. Great teams don't just play the game. They elevate it. Excellence is not just pursued, but lived every day. And 
you know, and like I told you before we started recording, I, I you always share a lot of really good stuff that I think catches your eye because you you get it, like the fire in the fire department sense. You get yeah. it. These guys you have to believe it. it. If they you don't believe it, the guys are going to see right through it. Correct. And, and they're, they're, and they're just trying guys, to be genuine. Exactly. Exactly. And I actually talked about this the other day. Salt and sugar look the same. Mm-hmm. But you got to be careful because they're not. Yeah. And that's and that kind of ties into being to being a uh, genuine person. So, what I'm getting at is though, you know, you have to. I lost my train of thought. I will say one of the things that attracted me to the whole the, the fire department and what really grabbed me was the idea because I was very active in sports growing up and the idea of a group of individuals coming together to do something bigger than their in, than themselves. Sure. And I see that and that's why I gravitated to the east side because those crews were very tight. They would come together with other crews from other houses and we would all have that mindset. We all, you kind of hang with the people with the same mindset. And they had the mindset of let's go, let's do the best job we as possible. Yeah, and, and actually, now I remember what I was trying to say, thank you. So <laughs> yes, and there's people, they, they get it, they don't get it. It's kind of like the light being on, but nobody's home. They're <laughs> great people. They come to work, yeah. they do exactly what they ask of them. You yes. Know, but there's people out there that just look at it as I'm coming to work, I'm doing my job, and I'm going home. And there really yes. isn't anything wrong with that. Like, have you ever heard of the guy? And this is something I've kind of noticed and, and really, um, really learned as an, as a company level officer is there's a guy out there that literally is a freaking rock star. I need you to cut a hole in this roof, and he's going to do it the right way every time. Won't complain. Knows how to do it. Does it, and is efficient. However. If he's not prompted, it's probably not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's nothing bad, you know. I, I mean, I do think there's a, a, a you have to be somewhat invested. Like you can't just this can't just be a check. It you have to be invested because I often say, like I tell the recruits when I was out at recruit school teaching or when I was out at flip school, listen, this isn't a bank where you mess up and your drawer comes up short. We we truly have to be invested in this because people's lives are on the line. So when we say it's, you know, it's okay that this is a job for them, but we have to be invested. You have to. Sure. No, no, definitely. And, you know, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today. And I, I wanted to start getting into the, uh, the bulk of what my goal here is, you know, is culture. My goal I want to mm-hmm. talk to you today about is culture. And we're going to do about, and I want to do this from uh, a company officer's level. So. Okay. You know, on your crew in your firehouse, so we can look at the the shift officer and then the station commander level. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to create a winning culture. There's firehouses out there. You go out there, and every shift. I mean, everyone's at different levels on every shift, right? Not mm-hmm. every shift is on the same level, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's okay because just as in, leadership in life, people are in different stages in their lives, and just because mm-hmm. they're in that stage doesn't mean it's bad. But what no. they overall the higher goal for this is to always make yourself better and start getting better. And the point that the reason why I bring that up is no matter where anyone is in their, in their personal career, the shift as a whole, and then the station as a whole, they're always moving in the right direction. And that's from, um, getting, for getting better. And there's firehouses that I know it's in the, my department and I know it's going to be in yours. I feel like this is a fire, fire service thing. There's cultures, like there's guys that come in and like believe this culture and believe this ideology. Mm-hmm. And they're suckered in and they stay for life. 
and it becomes their livelihood. And I think it's awesome when it's mm -hmm. done right because they'll be like, oh, I'm engine one, mm -hmm. the big one percenters. Yeah. And like they have it all over their <laughs> t-shirts and their hats and they believe yeah. it. And then they go on these calls, they run their lines. They're like, you're not from one. I don't need you to help me rack my line. We're good. Don't touch our stuff. We're good. Even if they're struggling. Like I've seen a company that, and they'll remain nameless, where they're going to run themselves into the ground before you ever touch anything to help them in any way because you're not from their company. But, I, I mean, I don't, and that might be a little exaggerated, but it's because it's our job, not yours to do this. My mm -hmm. position is these tools and this equipment. I have been responsible for it at all times, no matter what. It doesn't matter because that's my job. And you have four guys on the fire truck that all believe that in their capacity for their assignment for that unit, for that call. That's a culture, right? That's an ideology. Yeah. And that's all built. And, and I guess what I'm getting at with all that is, to me, I think that is obviously going to start at the informal senior firefighter level. It's going to be enforced, reemphasized, and, and um, personified by the station, by the company officer, then the, shift com the station commander. You know, I want to, I want to talk about, I want to dive into that and, and I apologize for being a little long winded, but no. it's, it's, it's all culture. And when you breed that culture, you're going to start bringing other people in, they're going to believe it and they're going to kind of take the baton and keep running with it. Mm -hmm. And consistency is going to be the, because it's so easy to deviate. It's so easy to not necessarily do what needs to be done because you need a break. Um, I find, you know, oftentimes, you know, I put more pressure on myself than others do on me. Uh, I, that culture is great. You know, the, the, of not, you know, keeping the ultimate goal of helping people, you know, as quickly as possible. Success on the fire ground too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So we can't we can't have it hinder our success and how quickly we do a job. I love the the company pride thing. You know, we were the big dogs at Engine Thirty Three. I was on Rescue One, and we we had that mindset. You know, that, listen, if you need a job done, we wanted to be that company. When you walked up, that the chief said, "Hey, had that trust." Yeah, and you know that ultimately bleeds over into other companies trusting you too. So, mm -hmm. you know, my experience is a neighboring company has the same pride and the same um, mindset as we do. And we end up getting along with them really well. Like they, they help us out on calls. We help them out on calls. And I'm not saying like pick up lines, help with ladders, shit, mm -hmm. shit, whatever. Like I'm talking about like when you have two crews that mesh because they're both on the same level and they both have that same culture. Yes. You know, a good example would be arriving first on a call, and this is kind of my personal example, and, you know, engine truck, truck officer, the engine officer is responsible for the 360, the truck officer meets you around, hey, dude, I got you, go do your thing, I got all this. And that, to me, that's because you both are on the same page, because they know they can step out a little different than normal, but they yes. know, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You can tell they yeah. mess well, like... They'll come to you after calls. Hey, man, did you think about this, that, or the other? And, you know, you can yeah. go back to them with that as well. That officer-to-officer -officer communication is also very important. And then, you know, the firefighters. And because you're so, and because you're so like-minded, you almost know what, how they're going to operate and, and how you're going to operate. And there's, yeah. there's an un, 
spoken communication. Yeah, you and know? you know what to expect from each other. You kind of understand yep. their weaknesses. You kind of understand mm-hmm. their strengths. And, you know, the the nicest thing – or not the nicest thing. The mo- that um, That's the wrong word. The most fulfilling thing I've felt as a company officer – one of the most fulfilling things i felt as a company officer in my experience is showing up on a fire where things are kind of wonky and you meet up with, you know, a crew or you meet up with someone and you're like, yo, engine blank is here, blah, blah. And they'll be like, oh, you know, Smith, that's you. And you're like, yeah, yeah. what's up? They're like, man, thank – look, I need you to go do boom, boom, boom. It's not getting done. Or, yep. you know – you know, and this has happened where it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I'm glad you guys were here because if it was anybody yeah. else, we've been kind of that reassurance knowing that you have like, someone you know, there that has your back. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it's rewarding as an officer and yeah. you know, you shouldn't be looking for those things. I think as a leader, no, However, but we're human. what's that? No, but we're human. Yeah, I mean, we're human and, and you want to be appreciated. Everybody yeah, wants to be appreciated. You want to be appreciated. And, and I also think the biggest thing though, is that's that's that unexpected reassurance or the unexpected uh, evidence? Actually, is the right word. The evidence you're on the right path for what you're doing. Yes. You know, like, and you, in, you know, maybe you can talk about this a little bit, or maybe with some, you know, maybe an example or some experiences where, you know, in the at the station level as an officer, I mean, we don't talk to each other that way, where they're people say, Hey man, thank, thank God you're my Lieutenant or you're really good at your job. Like that's not how that works. You no. know what I mean? Like if they screw with you or bust your balls endlessly, like you're one of them, you know what I yep. mean? Cause there's a, there's a big difference in disrespect. And then I think in my experience being part of the culture of ball breaking of yes. the, you know, messing with you. And, and so, there is a difference. Yeah. And you know, I think if they're messing with you, it's a very, very good thing because if they really don't like someone, they're not they going to talk to you. They don't even talk to you. Nope. They'll flat out ignore you. You <laughs> yep. know, they won't. They won't make fun of you or like you know if you I don't know you. Like my thing is, I, I'm not afraid to, you know, swap off if I want to do something. Any family event, life event, I, I don't miss anymore. I mean, I, I don't want to yeah. sound rude, but like 17 years on, and my kids mm-hmm. young, I don't want to miss anything. No, and I. After this amount of time, I feel like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, now is the time where I've earned it. And so mm-hmm. the running joke is, is you know, if I'm off, they, they, they screw with me. Like, <laughs> like a lot. Like, and then the running, the, running, the running joke is, oh, you know, well, I mean, if you're here, like, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. they really don't like, or it's a huge problem beyond the ball breaking, you'll never hear about it. You might hear about no. it if somebody else tells you they're talking about it. No. Yeah, or, there'll be rumblings, but there will never be a – it won't be said. There'll be a lot of rumblings, but it won't be in a joke a joke sense. Yeah. And, um, you know, there has to be separation between the officer and the guys. You can't get too close, but you got to let the guys be the guys and let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is – and I want to I shoot this one out to you and see what you think. When you create a culture – where there's trust, respect, because mm-hmm. respect's got to be there. Um, when there's trust and respect, I think you see those walls of the walls of difference come down. And I don't really know how to say that, but like instead of you can tell when someone says, "Hey, lieutenant," because they're talking to you because they have to mm-hmm. talk to you like that, or mm-hmm. they're like, you know, I don't know. They may have done this when you were an officer. You know, hey, Haywood said we gotta go do X, Y, and Z. He doesn't call you captain or lieutenant. He calls yeah. you by your last name. I think that's a good thing. 
I think, you know, and, you know, or if they're, you're in a professional setting and you're outside on a call, you know, Hey LT, or, you know, they're calling, yelling at you from across the firehouse because they don't know where you are. Hey, Lieutenant. But when yeah. you're physically in front of them and it's just you and the guys at the table and they're, they're, they're messing with you, they'll call you by your last name or your first name or whatever. I think, I think that's a symptom of respect and control and, and, and palpable, um, palpable control of your crew where they're following yeah, so, you because they want to. Yeah. And you know, with us, uh, it's more formal at the captain level, but at the LT level, you know, they, they would call me by my first name, you know, Hey Scott or Hey, Hey, wouldn't, you know, and they, you know, at the captain level, it's, I, I don't know why it's just always been that way. Most people will call you by your rank regardless as a sign of respect, I guess. Um, battalion chief, they always call me chief. Now there are certain guys that I have rapport with, you know, that I I've known since I was Scott, you know, and yeah. not chief, you know, and I, listen, I've never been overly caught up in, uh, if I got to tell you I'm a captain or I got to tell you I'm a lieutenant or, you know, like you said, you know, when guys are, are busting, I do at least, I know when guys are just, we're on a personal level and most of them are really good on a fire ground about, listen, this is business. We got, we got a job to do here as a professional, you know, and the, on fire ground, most guys call me chief, but when we meet, I'm like, bro, it's Scott. We've been Scott and Joe forever. Yeah. You know? So I've never really been caught up in that. I, I mean, the, the respect I want isn't because of the, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, it is kind of cool being the lieutenant, though. It is kind of uh, cool being the captain. Like, you work captain for Captain was it. the best. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, you work for it, you work for the, you work for the, for the rank, you earn the title yeah. by, by the promotional process. And so you, you, you test for a title, you work and earn respect, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. All the, t all the test is, and that when they hand you those bars, whether you're wearing two bars or one bar mm -hmm. is only the gateway to the rest of your career. And it's only the beginning. And I think people look at it as, all right, well, I'm a Lieutenant or I, I got promoted like the promotion. Congratulations. Ominous Dominus. You're, you are the Lieutenant now. Mm -hmm. That's not where it ends. And people think that's the achievement. No. That's the accomplishment. No, <laughs> they gave you the keys to the city. Good luck. It's just and like parenting. There is no that, And that responsibility is heavy. And you know, and yes. So the best way to get, obtain control or all the, not obtain control, the best way to take control of your, your crew is, are you still there? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was just checking out. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's fine. Everything went blank. <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't lose you. The, the best way to obtain control of your crew is to show respect and come in with proficiency and competence in your basic skill set, right? Yeah. So what, they're going to feed off that. They're going to feed off of everything. And, you know, like I said before, you know, culture. But mm -hmm. you got you to gotta create the culture on your shift. And it starts with having the ability to do your job. Being yes. a new officer sucks. It's not yeah. fun. You know, it's just like, well, maybe it doesn't suck. <laughs> It's just like learning a new sport, right? It's, it's just like sports. You know, you go to practice, 
you kind of don't do that great. They give you they give you a hard time. You keep working on it. You get better and and, 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 you, grow. Know, and you move forward and you drill. But with with the fire department, that's not how that works. Your super your Super Bowl could be any minute of any shift, and unlike football in the NFL, you know we don't work seventeen weeks for our championship. Yeah. Our Super Bowl can be any time of any day, and you can have more than one Super Bowl in a day, a career, a week, a lifetime. It can happen at any time. <laughs> My first shift as a new officer, I didn't sleep a wink. I was running scenarios through my head for a solid nine hours while I was laying in the bunk. Like, what happens if this happens? What yeah. happens if this? I got to be prepared for everything. And you, you can't possibly be prepared for everything. But I was fortunate enough to always been busy. And I teach that. And I teach a transitioning from uh, firefighter to officer class in the flip school for us. And that was one of the things, you know, I was fortunate to be a firefighter at busy places at a busy time. So whether I knew it or not, I was growing and becoming more knowledgeable and competent in my craft. And that helped me. That helped me tremendously when I stepped foot in the door as a new officer. I was, guys knew who I was, not like, oh, there he is. But they knew, hey, he's a guy that's worked. He has an idea what's going on. He's going to take care of us. And I got that leeway, whereas I tell these guys in flip school, if you haven't and you haven't had the, the fortune that I had uh, where I was somewhere busy and you're lacking in a skill set, you got an uphill battle. It's a tough go. It's a tough because guys know. Guys know right out the shoot. Oh, there's so-and-so again. You know, we're on our own tonight, you know. Or, you know, yeah, but you know, that's also, I mean, again, it's culture, right? Yep. hundred percent. And by that, I mean, or mindset, well, I mean, I guess it is culture, but mindset as well. Like you could walk in and know that you suck at whatever and you admit it. Hey man, I'm not that great at this or, Hey, I'm a new officer. I'm going to really need your help with the area. I'm going to lean on you guys a lot. This is something I underappreciate as a new officer. I didn't do this as a new officer. I did this. I learned this later on. Yeah. Um, and you just say, look, I'm going to need your help or whatever. And you lean on those guys. Oh, you, I you do know? it, especially at the battalion level. I do it. Yeah. I refer to them as my subject matter experts all the time, whether it's hazmat, whether it's confined space, extrication, sure. talking to the, the officer of the rescue. Or, you know, now, obviously, I was fortunate enough. I've dabbled in, and been, I know enough about a lot, you know, to yeah. be competent. But listen, when. My hazmat captain comes on scene and I got a hazmat. I'm staying in the loop, but I'm deferring to him. Yeah, this hey, is all we do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm there and I'm making the fight. Ultimately, it's my call, right. but I'm leaning heavy. You're my guy. But yeah, and but you know, the, that's the whole thing is your job is there to finesse and overall success, mm -hmm. right? Finesse and overall success. Finesse it to make it work. And then you make sure the overall success is done. And I, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but like, have you ever had an operation? And this is kind of why I'm bringing it up. <clears throat> and it comes back to the culture of your crew, all being on the same page at the same time, being efficient, being, or being proficient, being efficient, being knowledgeable, being experienced, where you go on a call and they're all kind of grumbling, like, this is dumb. Why are they doing mm -hmm. this? Why are they doing that? Why did they assign us to do this? Blah, blah, mm -hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't look at it as when the guys say those things as blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I look at it as, 
them not looking at through the lenses in which we have to. However, yes. however, just because command's telling you to do something, just because there's a battalion chief or a deputy chief saying to do these things, don't blindly follow them. Vet it through your experience, vet it through what will work and what makes sense on that call. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is, you know, as an officer, I've had that a few times where they say those things and it's kind of like, yep, you know what, this is, yeah, but this is our job and we're going to do it. And next fire, we'll go do something else. Or mm -hmm. you just, yeah, no, yeah, I got you, man, but this is our job and drop it or not drop it, but yeah, this is our job and leave the conversation of that. Don't feed into it because a lot of the times I think a lot of comments and things like that are good because they have the mindset we created the culture of guys that want to be aggressive and guys that mm -hmm. want to get work done yes. and they want to do what makes sense. Like don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't have a battalion chief tell you to do something that doesn't make any sense and then not understand why you're doing it and why it's wrong or mm -hmm. why it's not going to work or not have the balls to say, you know, to change the situation. And by that, I mean, you know, hey, fire's on the first floor. I need you to go through the front door. And you say, no, the fire's in the basement. We have to go in the basement. Yeah. That might be a bad example, but that's the whole point that I'm making. Oh, no, no, but I get the point like, you're making. Where, like, you, know where you want them not to be afraid to speak up and say, hey, yeah. and they're respectful. Hey, listen, chief, I think we got fire in the basement. You know, and that changes the whole, that'll change the whole playbook right there. I mean, and when we talk about guys that are grumbling about things and, and I, I see it a lot. And I saw it when I was on a captain of a truck, you know, when you're a fast team, you know, or the RIT team and guys loose, they just want to work. They want to get in there and help the situation because they feel, and most guys that have that, that culture or that mindset want to get in there because they think that they can make a difference. Yeah. But they know lose sight of that. This is our Cadillac insurance policy. If something happens, this is the most important job on. Yeah, I, I apologize for interrupting you. Um, no, and that's a good thing too. And that's that's a that's a culture in its own of. And I've talked about this before. I'd rather yank back the reins of aggression than yes. push the hooves of an ass. Yes, you know they're not aggressive because they're trying to be hot dogs or cowboys nope. or willy nilly do stuff. They're aggressive because this is what we train for. Yep. This is the mindset, the culture of wanting to go fire. Fires are cool. They're fun. I yep. mean, fires aren't that fun when you have to start doing overhaul and it takes forever. But I'm, yep. I say that, <laughs> um, you know, and this is something that I've heard from a guy that has seniority, um, a senior firefighter that, that, I, that I work with, where, you know, throughout my career, I'm like, I hated being writ. I hated being, so for us, fourth dude was writ company. And I hated it. And I'm like, it's dumb. You know, just because I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, I feel like we're always fourth yeah. due and it gets frustrating. And I never, and he, what he always said was, you know, well, our job's not to go do that. Our job is to be writ. Like, mm -hmm. it sucks. You know, yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't think it's fun, but this is what we do on this one. I like to get them to, how do I make an impact as yeah. the writ? Whether it's throwing some ladders up or, you know, we're allowed, we split our teams. Yeah. Yeah identifying the hazards before they even become a hazard, you know, just taking care of and, and, you know, just the big picture. And I think guys appreciate once you, most guys just want to be good. It's, I, I equate it to a hungry dog out front that yeah. just wants to eat. And, you know, like you said, I've had both where I've had to push a guy in and I've had to 
pull a guy out by his coat. You know, yeah. you'd much rather deal with those guys that you're saying, pulling them back by the reins a little bit saying, okay, yeah. now let's be smart about this. Yeah. You, you know, the other thing that I've kind of, and I was thinking about this as you were talking and maybe you can kind of elaborate a little bit, or maybe you can relate to it. You ever notice the most aggressive guys are, they're a thousand miles an hour, the most outspoken, yes. the biggest, yeah. like yeah. mouthy freaking dudes in the world. Like sometimes even in the firehouse, you're kind of like, man, shut the fuck up. Like it's he, a, it's they always got elephant. something to say. They always have yep. a comment, you know, yep. not in a bad way. And I'm not saying you're saying that to them in a rude way. You're just like, God damn, dude, shut up. You know, yeah. but um, one thing, what I'm getting at is I think with newer, newer officers and, and when you don't have this rapport, this culture, this respect, this, this control as a company officer, there, when you get, when you're afraid of conflict, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's been plenty of times I've been afraid of conflict with an individual and um, not any one particular person, just in general. I think it's human nature to be intimidated or afraid. You don't ever let that show. I mean, you got to be like ice cold yeah. and confront it. But what I'm getting at is you ever notice that like the most aggressive dudes where you have to like really put your foot down and like, no, dude, you need to freaking stop. We're not going in there. That's it. Yeah. You ever notice yeah. like after a while, if you're right about that, their demeanor will never be shitty with you. They'll be like, hey, no. look. You know what, dude, you're, no, nah, I guess that makes sense. Or, you know, Hey man, what I always do is I circle back. I'll be in the moment. No, you're going to do boom, boom, boom. Later on, you know, the, the adrenaline's gone. The heat of the moment's gone. Hey dude, did that make sense? What I was getting at? Am I wrong here? hundred percent. I want you to look, Hey, look, I just want you to know where I was coming from. Not because mm -hmm. you're afraid of them, but because no. of how important cult, how, communication is. What I'm, what I'm getting at is you ever notice those guys are the most intimidating to you as an officer, usually the ones that are going to open up the most and are really quick to say, yeah, you know what? I understand what you're saying or no, I don't agree with that. Here's why. But every time when you circle back to them, they're the calmest. They don't motherfuck yeah. you. They don't get all pissed off. They don't stomp around. They don't play the, oh, we're, we're mortal enemies for life. I'll never talk to you again. Ignore you for weeks. Like they don't play those games. They're the first ones to step up and go, I think you were wrong, Lieutenant. Or I see yeah. what you're saying, but that's not what I don't think that's right. Or why do you think that, Lieutenant? Like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it goes back to that rapport. I mean, uh, a year ago, March 1st, we had a line of duty death in Buffalo. Um, at that fire, I was working as a safety chief, and I was on the number two side. And our rescue company, you know, I'd worked with these guys for three, four years, you know, so I knew these guys. They were pulled out. We had two hostile fire events. Um, they were pulled out. The one guy didn't even have his helmet on. The other guy was there. They were adamant about going in the two side door. It was literally sealing the floor fire. And the one guy didn't even have his helmet on. And I know if I wasn't between him and that door, he was going in. There wasn't a doubt in my mind he was going in. And I know he loathed, he was, the amount of anger he had because I wouldn't let him go in. You know, and it wasn't directed towards me. It was the whole, this, the whole situation. Everything as a whole. Yeah, sure. It, it, I have the love that I share with those guys right now, afterwards, after going through that with them, I can't even describe. I mean, and they are, they can be the biggest pain in my ass, you know, for lack of a better word. You know, like you said, they're the guys that will speak up and, 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 get after it and 
they can be the biggest pain in my ass, but I will always have that bond with those guys because we have the same mindset. And I knew when I was keep, when I was between them and the door, I knew I would be them. So I was able to relate and I understood their anger at the time. And like you said, to this day, like they don't, we're, I mean, we see each other, we hug each other, you know, we're brothers, you know, they understood that at the end, like you said, I had a job to do and my, and it was a risk versus reward at that point. No, I, I, I totally understand. And, and I think subconsciously in the heat of the moment, if I'm looking at someone and this is my personal experience, I, I, first of all, I'm very sorry for the, for the guys that, um, that you guys lost. I, I wanted to start off with that. Um, I personally, um, have not experienced something like that. However, I have experienced, um, and I'm not, and I can't get into the details, um, just because of the situation, but the long story short was we had a fire that went really bad, really fast. And we had to change tactics and a couple guys got hurt pretty jacked up pretty fast mm-hmm. and it face value looked really bad. And then there was a whole, not a confrontation, but like somebody stepped in. Yeah. Somebody stepped, uh, a chief stepped in and kind of started barking and, you know, I was in my head, I was frustrated. I was angry about the whole thing. And I got out and I walked out and I looked and I saw who was yelling at me and yelling at what they were yelling about. And then I kind of thought about it and I'm like, well, if this is any other motherfucker. I would knock you the fuck out. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and, yep. it's, it's, and by no means am I comparing my situation to what you just explained. No. I, I am no, no but that's way a key to the battle thing. It's a, it's, it's, and you take that as a chief, at least I, and even as a captain, Lieutenant, I, I, you, you, there's some things you just write off to the heat of the battle. Now, listen, if it's an ongoing thing, that's a different story. But sure. when things happen, we're, listen, we're amped. We're 100 miles an hour ready to go. And when things don't go the way we thought they should have gone, we're frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. And it's just yeah. being able to take a step back. and Yeah, and there's also something to be said, too. Like, if I'm looking at you, like, if I'm pissed off about the situation or you're in a high-stress te- high situation, I think, and this is what I was, this was get, what I was getting at, subconsciously, I'm going to probably relax a little bit or take what you have to say differently if I know you and respect you. Oh, I'm reading the room, bro. Read like, the room. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I could have a chief that I have no idea who they are. They could come at me. And at face value, you're a chief and we're, we're kind of squaring off about something. Mm-hmm. If you're a chief and I know you, I've worked with you, I respect you, I know you respect me, it's going to be a different set mm-hmm. of emotions or, you know. Yeah. Um, I also kind of think sometimes having no idea who you are and you hold the rank as much, it makes the situation a little better sometimes. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Because I don't know you. So to me, you immediately get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know? And why do I bring that up? I bring also, that up. There's that comfort that you have with the other guy that you've known. Yeah. I mean, you, so you tend to, and I don't want to say push the boundaries a little bit because you know him. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because I think it subconsciously grasps your um, attention of how you're going to handle the situation. Mm-hmm. And why that's important is if you have a culture in a fire service where your chiefs trust your officers, your officers trust your firefighters, your chiefs don't get too close, but they have a rapport with your firefighters. When mm-hmm. things start going haywire, they're going to be able to know they can 
work within that box of acceptable behavior, even if they have to push mm-hmm. the limits. They're not going to be yeah. afraid to make decisions. They're not going to be afraid yeah. to handle a situation. They're not going to be afraid to step outside the box and do something that's kind of pushing the limits. You, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I've had a few chiefs um, that or I had a chief that I have the most respect for of probably anyone I've ever worked with my entire career. And I had a fire as an officer that went that face value on the radio sounded really bad, like really bad. Like what, Mike, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? Like what the fuck? And what it ended up being was my lack of ability in the moment to communicate the proper information. And I'm not saying that's okay. I'm not saying in any way and whatever. Um, That's a lesson that I learned and something that I I needed to work on. And, you know, I I still work. This has been a few years now. And the very first thing when I came out, fire went out, you know, all that stuff, fires out, we're good. I come out to take a breather and he comes up and I've known this guy. He was my, he was an, I knew him as, as a firefighter. When he was an academy instructor, I knew him as a driver, a technician, a driver. As a, I worked with him as a captain. I know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, so what? <laughs> you're going to, he's like, I, he's like, I'm, I'm pissed. And I, 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 you, I, I need you to tell me what happened because mm-hmm. we have a problem. So again, I'm not going to get into details, but I'm like, look, X, Y, and Z. I saw ABC. I decided X, Y, and Z. I, I didn't communicate it that well. And he was like, all right. Okay. Well, I, that makes sense. You really I need always, to Yeah. You I need always to begin with self-reflection anytime something like that happens. Yeah. You know, and that's uh, the nice part is just ask me what happened, you know? Yeah. And again, like I said, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but I'm bringing this up because if you create that culture mm-hmm. of, you know, in the moment, because this is going to happen at some point. If you if you if you create micromanage, if you micromanage or you create a culture where guys can't think and stick their necks out, yeah, I'm not going to make a decision. Like, why would you know? Hey, look, I should probably make this decision, but I'm not sure. Uh, and now people's lives can be affected. You, you know, yeah. Like my biggest fear, and this is I don't think is anything I've ever really said to anybody. I don't even think I've said it out loud. I don't think I've talked to anybody about it. I don't even think I've ever admitted it. On, I don't even know why I'm admitting it on here. My biggest fear is hesitating and something happening to someone yes Injured, not killed, making a call not making a call and i'm talking i mean i i mean obviously my guys are always number one but mm-hmm. even the citizens like you know like i don't want to make that mistake but in the same token though too i was brought up with the culture of you're an officer you're a leader and you may only have 60 percent of the information but you have to make a decision in the moment and you have to be able to not be afraid to make the decision in the moment, regardless of what comes down from mm-hmm. above. I was taught that from a, a new firefighter as a teenager. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right eye, bushy tail, 19, fucking go get a kid, right? <clears throat> and when you start pushing those ideologies into people, you're going to have success on the fire ground. You're going to yeah. have success in the firehouse, and you're going to breed the success of others. And, and a lot of that, uh, it comes and you, that, that's a trust that's built, you know, that make the call. I want you to make a call. And I tell all my guys, listen, make a call. Let's go with it. At, there's going to be mistakes made. There is, I've yet in 27 years, and I've been to hundreds of fires. There's yet to be a fire that went perfect. There's going to be mistakes. 
will afterwards. And I think that's where that bond is built. That trust is built where how do you approach the mistakes that were made? You know, this isn't a finger pointing thing. This is a let's learn from this thing. You know, it's got to be. You know, I talked with some supervisors about post-incident analysis of, of fires as we because we only as a department tend to do them when things go horribly wrong and someone right. gets hurt or almost gets hurt. And I like to do them for every fire. And if COVID taught me one thing, it's, and this isn't a podcast, we can do a lot of things virtually. We don't yeah. necessarily need to take everybody out of service, go to the house that burned to the ground. And, but I can snap a couple photos, bring it up on a zoom call with the companies that were there and, Use it as a constructive thing because there are rookies and there are guys that just don't know that are afraid to ask questions. So you bring it up. Okay, this is a fire. You were the first arriving engine. What did you see when you pulled up? What did you do? And is there anything you feel like you should have done or could have done better? You may not have. There may, you might have nailed it. You know. And I always talk about like for us, our third in engine goes around and secures an additional water source. So they'll go around the corner. And I remember one fire where. I had the driver stop before we backed down so we could let the truck get by and get the front of it gets close to the front of the building as possible. And he didn't know that, you know, and if he didn't know that he's on my crew, there are other guys out there that didn't know it. And if we do post incident analysis and sit down and talk about what went good, what went bad without the finger pointing, because you have to have someone has to be in charge and referee it because firemen are hypercritical of each other. Um, oh, yeah. You, you just, you, you listen, this isn't a, well, I did this because so-and-so didn't do, no. What did you do? What could you have done differently? And what could you, you know, if anything, you know, and why did you do it? So that the new guys or the, the guys that don't know, know the why. Because once they know the why, it's easy to get by it. If, if, and that's the biggest thing I see nowadays with this, because they're a different generation than me. You know, I'm old. They, if they know the why, they're all about it. Most yeah. guys just want to be good, you yeah. know, and our generation, well, like when I came on, it was shut up, you know, yep. do what I tell you, you know, yep. this generation, you have to tell them. And it's not a bad thing to know the why I didn't learn the why until I started studying. I remember reading Norman and thinking, oh, shit, that's why I did that. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. just told do it, you know, yeah, because I told you so. Right. I yeah. I hate that. Oh. Um, I always hated that response, yeah, and I got that yeah. a lot when I, when I was uh, when I was younger, learning from senior senior guy squared away senior guys because there's guys out yeah. there that, that suck. Um, you know, it's funny <laughs> that you're talking about this. So another thing, you know, and to touch on culture again, you know, social media has added another layer where like mm -hmm. people see stuff and think things are cool and it's all that, and yep. the culture of social media I think can be good, but it can also be very damaging. So here's the mm -hmm. example. Um, I had a fire where uh, it was a connecting street. So it connected two larger streets, but it's a short street. Yeah. So I think there was maybe three houses on this short street. So, um, the you know, the, the main streets are parallel, run parallel to each other. The short street, yeah. the short street yeah. runs perpendicular. It was on the corner of the opposite side we were on, short street, main street on the corner, right-hand side. Mm -hmm. We swung around. The driver's like, he swings, he goes to pull up. And I'm like, hey, you need to leave room for the truck. They should come up behind us and swing this turn. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if they could swing the turn, but yeah. our goal, my goal is to not, I, we cannot block anyone out. We are the fourth through engine. 
Mm-hmm. So the driver, who's freaking sharp and smart as shit, he swings up and kind of like backs up a little bit. And he's like, ah, uh, he's like, I, I don't want to block him out. And I was like, drive into that car, that front yard, drive all the way up into yep. it. We can get water. We're out of the way. They'll get water and you're not in the street, which is my priorities. I don't want my driver in the street getting freaking smoked. That's the last yeah. thing I want. I, I'd rather somebody's <laughs> house burn down than one of my guys or yeah. any other guy in the apartment get hurt. Yeah. But there's a culture of people beaching it. And you see yep. people driving fire trucks in the front yards and it's stupid, like absolutely yep. dumb. And it <laughs> looks dumb. It looks cool on social media, whatever. But I always find myself looking at some of the stuff that people think are cool and all that. I'm like, that's stupid. Like, why would you do that? Like, what does it benefit besides a cool picture? Like, to me, you're not seeing the whole picture if you're focused, hyper-focused on that. So I told this guy, I'm like, drive right in the front yard. And we, we talked about it afterwards. I'm like, hey, look, man, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job. And I always let you guys make your own decisions with driving mm-hmm. and parking because you're sharp. I said, but there's going to be some times where, you know, I'm looking at it different because I don't have a steering wheel in my hands. And to me, a quick 30 second, I know this will work because I've done it. Well, I don't, I mean, maybe I said that the wrong way. I know this will work because I'm not concentrating on driving a vehicle right now. I see it from a different set of eyes. You know, I mean, perception of vehicle size, I may not have that great from where I sit in the front, but, um, knowing what will work in the big picture, in my opinion, not being caught up in the driving, you know, and I I told him like, that's why I told you to do it. He's like, yeah, man, I started kind of Austin powersing it. And I realized he's like, I like to, (laughs) he didn't, he didn't do the Austin powers, but (laughs) he he swung the left, backed up. And then yeah. he went to go start pulling up. I was like, no, drive straight into that yard right now. Like right there, drive all the way into it, get off the road. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is funny that he said it that way, but this entire yeah. discussion and it was literally like five words from me, two words from him in a matter of three seconds. And he was parked. We were out and we were trotting up the street. Yeah. Rapid. But, and, and that's the thing with social media. Like when, and I always try and it's tough because you're only seeing a snippet. You're yes. literally seeing the usually the final photo, you yeah. know, yeah. and you don't know. And I've I've been on rigs that we beached. I've watched Austin Power rigs, Austin Power in the middle of a side street and <laughs> then end up having to beach because they got blocked in. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so I, I try and there are some things out there that and you're human that you're like, oh, that's just stupid, you know, like, especially, and it, I always tell my guys, vet where you're getting your information, you know, and if you don't know, you know, pass it along to someone that you think will know, and then, you know, try it, you know, in training, cool. you know, but, because there, listen, there is no, there in this job, there is no always and never, there is no, I will never beat your rig, there is no, I will always beat your rig, there's going to be okay. some fucked up situation that yeah so and, you know i was actually i wrote a little bit of that down i really like the uh, there's <laughs> you're gonna at some point have to do something that may not look that great in the end but nope. you know what all kidding aside it's about success on the fire Hundred percent. Right? you know like hey you're in that dude's yard why well this is why yeah. Steve. all right and cool. i'll answer for that i'll i'll Listen, I'll eat that shit sandwich yeah. when it comes time for it because we, like you said, the ultimate goal. Yeah, exactly. And I think when, and again, and this is what this ties back into, if I know I'm going to be able to work outside the bounds of normal, I, I'm able to 
work within those bounds of appropriate action. Mm -hmm. And if I have to push the envelope or step outside the box, I'm not afraid of my repercussions. Like mm -hmm. yeah, that guy didn't want me driving into his yard. He, I don't, I don't, we never got his complaint about it, but he wasn't probably wasn't very, very happy. But I know when I, when I told the driver, I was like, get into that grass. He didn't question me. He didn't say, well, we're mm -hmm. not supposed to do that. He, he trusted you. He said, yep. Because again, we've been working together for a long time. We have mutual trust. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they, I've heard people talk like, well, the officer told me to do this and that was fucking dumb. I'm not doing that. And I told him, no, like there was none mm -hmm. of that. It was literally, yeah. you know, you could hear him making a decision as like, he was like, ah, he's like, I'm going to try and pull up there. And it was like, Hey man, just drive into the yard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. And you know yep. what I mean? Like we're, we're supporting each other. You, you have that, that okay. connection up front yep. and you know, we're a team. You have, yeah. We're a team. <laughs> yeah. When you have that ability <laughs> to be able to take control when you need and then vice versa, if I were to say put it in the yard and the guy goes, no, we're not doing that. It looks like there's a storm drain there or yeah. hey, there's a pipe right there. I think there's probably a septic tank. We can't park on that or whatever, but he's not, they're not yeah. afraid to buck you or not buck you. Excuse me. They're not afraid to um, say no, or they're not afraid to or not saying no, that's wrong because the fire grounds and, and, and emergency operations are not um, dictators or democracies. It's a dictatorship. If they're not, not afraid to go, Hey, I think we should park over here or, Hey, we shouldn't park there because of boom. They're giving you feedback and they're giving you information. They're not afraid mm -hmm. to do it. You know what I mean? Because you can't. That's different it. than a no. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that's another symptom of a culture because uh, a symptom of a successful culture, a successful culture that you built with your people through time. Because trust is trust. It takes time. You can't rush it. You know. Um, and then, then overall, once you're doing these things over time, you create that culture. And then when you do that across a shift, other guys see you and the driver or you and someone else interacting and you're consistent with those things. And then other shifts see that. And then other officers see it as well. The station commander starts personifying that you will have that entire culture of a firehouse. Multiple firehouses start doing that with good leadership from executive level chiefs, command level chiefs. You start creating that in the culture of a fire department. Yeah. Over time, when those guys start moving up and they start getting to those higher levels, they continue to push those things down. Over time, you know, the culture can get bred and pushed and, and uh, evolve into the department. Pot of oil, a pot of water boils from the bottom. Mm -hmm. So it's always going to be a bottom-up thing with culture. Yep. It's always going to start with the guys. The guys wanting to be there. The guys wanting to go to fires and, you know, surrounding themselves with, I want to be a firefighter and everything else. I'm going to do very well because that's my job. I'm a professional firefighter. I'll make it work. And that's the way that, and that's, and it's a, it's a, it's a bottom up, uh, mentality. It's a bottom up, um, um, work in progress. And I'm not saying bottom as in like, you know, in a bad way, I'm saying bottom as in like the most yeah. basic level, the most yes. entry level. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in promoting positive change at whatever level you're at, you yeah. know, whether it's firefighter, whether it's lieutenant, captain. When I was a lieutenant, when I was a firefighter, I tried to make sure that I was as good. And I was, listen, when I first went to the rescue, it's a real quick story. When I first went to the Go rescue, ahead. I was 260 pounds. But I always, listen, promoting positive change at the level I could control was me. 
I did not want to be that guy that couldn't go over the edge, couldn't go in the hole, couldn't do things because of my weight. So I had to take control of that and try and promote positive change. And I did. I, I ended up losing the weight. I wanted to be the go-to guy on the crew. I'm not saying I mean, we were all really good. We were, we had a great, there were some guys, obviously I have strengths and weaknesses just like everybody else. And we lean, we learned to lean on each other for each other's strengths and weaknesses. But then I went to Lieutenant and I wanted to make, help my crew be the best that they could be. Not for me, not for a look at my crew thing. No, for them, like to, to, cause no, everybody loves success. No one hates success and doing well on the fire ground or being leaned on. Then as a captain, it was a whole at a house level. And now as a battalion chief, it's tough for me now at the, as a safety, health and safety, because it's, I'm citywide. Like I just, it's too much, you know, to try and do on a citywide level as a battalion chief. But once, and I should be going to a battalion soon, once I get to that battalion, you know, you want to explain to them what your goal is, how you want to get there, take input from the officers and the firefighters within that battalion, and then figure out what's the best plan of action. This is how we're going to go about it and then implement it and just push to be better. And most guys, like we talked about, they want to be good. They don't know how to go about it, you know. And, yeah, and I mean – 260 pounds down to, I mean, you don't, you look like you're in very good shape. Uh, I'm about one, 180 now. I just got back from Jamaica. So I'm about 10 no. pounds well, heavy. Vacation. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you look like you're, you look like you're an in shape guy. Um, yeah. The point that I'm making is that is no easy task at all. I mean, just on a, in a life, a life sense, like think of all yeah. these people that start out on that and quit or, you know, whatever. I'm sure anyone, mm-hmm. You could ask a thousand firefighters what they think about their weight, and some have tried to lose weight, some gain weight. You know, I'm sure there's people in your department that were real big, now they're real small, or they were yep. small, now they're big. Yeah, you know, like some baby weight got them. <laughs> the freshman all ten, that, all <laughs> that shit. But the point that I'm making is, people saw what you did, and that lasts with people. So if you are able to be that committed to yourself to do something that is literally going to take consistency and discipline. And you were able to see it through. If I ask you to help me with something, you have the dis- discipline and consistency to see it through. And you're going to help me. Right. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you can do that with yourself, which is only on only you can make that work. You can't fake it. You can't. Well, I guess you could buy it if you get a if you get a <laughs> stomach staple. Wait, 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 they that's- also have the shots now. They didn't have the shots when I did it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a something. But either way, yeah. <laughs> right? All of that. You you didn't do it quick. It didn't happen overnight. And it no. took discipline. It took discipline and and and, and um consistency. Well, and it was and it was uh, you know transparency. I I yeah. guys knew why I did it, and yeah. that meant a lot. I mean yeah. that 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 resonated with a lot of guys that hey. This guy, I mean, I am, I I, I, listen, I also coach baseball, so I'm very, I equate, and you see with a lot of my posts, I equate sports transcends, transcends life. You know, 100% bleeds into the fire service. We are one big team getting everybody on the same page for a common goal. And I did it because I felt like I couldn't pull my weight where I was. As an engine guy, it was easy for me. 260, I was pretty agile. I was—I never had a problem doing the job. 
But once I got there, I knew I had to make changes in order to be a contributing member to the team, to the level that I wanted to, you know. So that registered with a lot of guys and guys knew why I was doing it. I wasn't, I didn't hide it. You know, you know, I always ate with the guys. I just, my, my meals were smaller, you know? Yeah. 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 So exactly. And again, I think, I guess what the point that I was making with that was, you know, to me, when I look at an officer that I want to work for, I want to look at somebody that's going to be committed. I want someone that's going to do the right thing when it happens, whether it's fun or not. And, um, we'll do it consistently. So if I see a guy and that is a discipline to do the right thing, even when it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, and that's, I think that's a a big command and control, uh, feather in your hat, in your hat moving forward after that as a captain, I'm sure it helped as a Lieutenant, I'm sure it helped. And and it's going to, it's, I know it's going to continue when you're, um, when you get back into a battalion as a chief, um, where, you know, you can use that in your toolbox. Like I did this. If I can do this, I can lose this weight from consistency and discipline. We can come to another level as a professional, you know, as a competent and, and efficient firefighters as well. It's going to take yeah, yeah. discipline and consistency. I did this. If I can do it, you all can do it. And you I'm know? a living example of it right now because we talked yeah. about it. My position right now, it's straight days. And I literally hate it by I understand that I have to have the it's so important the things that our team gets done that I have to have the discipline that regardless of how bad it sucks we have to continue to move forward and do what is necessary and it sucks on a daily basis you know telling guys that you work with hey make sure your bailout systems and you know that sucks that you even have to do that but I have to be consistent because everybody wants a consistent leader. Everybody wants a transparent leader, you know, and it's doing the right thing despite it sucking. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And overall, when you start doing that, everything's, it's all good. And it's also going to be kind of a trickle down effect too. I mean, we talked about a, a water boiling from the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can change culture. Over time, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen over time. Oh. You can change the culture of a fire department. You can't. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody out here with fake podcasts no. or fake Facebook pages that say yeah. management's the devil, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they're, they're ignorant and they're narrow-minded. You can't That's an easy change. button. Yeah. That's an easy it's button. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can affect change. You can affect the culture of a department, but you can't look at it in the end goal. Look at it as what's between your hands right now. Yeah. You affect change where you can, you know, and you have a good chief yep. pushing stuff down, teaching your officers. Your officers start breeding good firefighters at the, the most basic level. Mm-hmm. And as everyone starts moving up and moving forward, they're bringing others, they're bringing others with them. Each one teach yep. one, right? You, yep. you teach your officers, your officers teach your firefighters, your officers teach each other, your firefighters teach each other. Everyone polices each other. Yep. We all bring each other up and you got new guys coming in. You bring them to the culture, bring them to the ideology. You bring them to all that. And then hopefully in time, over time, with time put in, you can affect change in the culture. Or in a, and I in think, department. and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And you I did. think success has a, I mean, when you do that, success has a big part of changing a culture. When guys start to see 
oh my God, you know, we just did this on a drill and, and it, it works here. You know, that just snowballs. It just snowballs. You know, it's easy to complain about administration. No one likes any administration department, regardless of what's in there. Oh, yeah, they suck. You know, that's the easy button. It's what you do at your level. How do you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You can't look at the end goal, just like you said, one bite at a time, promote positive change where you're at it. And I tell everybody all the time, if each one of us just did our part, you don't need administration. You, it, they, they don't control culture. It's up to us. You know, we have to, if we do it, we're in control of our own destiny. No, I, I, t- I totally agree. I think, um, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head uh, with that. I, I think it's a matter of what we do, not a matter of what administrations do. There's always going to be policies we disagree yeah. with or, yeah. or, you know, requirements that we disagree. Oh, Target yeah. Solutions is a pain in the ass. No, you they know. are a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but no, I, I mean – that doesn't control our culture. No. I mean, our culture, you know, it stems from pride and doing the right thing and promoting positive change. Exactly. And, you know, that's the other thing, too. They're like, oh, the chief's this, the chief's that. Well, whatever. The chiefs aren't in here running our calls. Mm-hmm. They affect our calls. They, they yeah. manage us, sure. Mm-hmm. But they're not out here doing the work. They're not out here doing all that stuff with us. It's us doing it. We yeah. need to make the best of our situation and control what we can. There's going to the be way, things that's that are the worst. control. By the way, that's the worst part about being a chief. You're not running the calls. You're not doing the work. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but you know what, though? And that's the thing is, you know, you're not and you're not really there doing the same stuff anymore. But yeah. if you're able to step in and be the good chief when they need the chief, mm-hmm. I think that's more impactful than a lot of guys at your level realize. Yeah. At least in my experience, what they I don't think they fully appreciate how impactful you can be as a chief, you can be in an officer's life, in a firefighter's life. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I'm not saying that in a bad way, and I hope you didn't take it that no. way. I don't no, think, not at all. I, and I just, that's the only reason I promote it is because you want to promote positive change at a bigger level. Yeah, like, okay, I did it at a lieutenant level. I did it at his captain level. Now you want to do it at a bigger level. Affect positive change. Absolutely. I, yeah, and you know what? It's, it's just like a puzzle. Right. And mm-hmm. this is kind of the equation or the little saying that I say to a lot, a lot is it's it's all about it's it's a puzzle and, and it's all about doing your part. Not every piece is a corner piece or an end piece, but a puzzle's never complete and you'll never see the big picture, the full picture without every piece. No mm-hmm. one piece is more important without the than the other, because without each piece, the corresponding piece does not fit in. It doesn't mm-hmm. fit for a complete picture and final product which is service for us in the fire service. So, um, Scott, I think this is going to be a pretty good place to wrap this up. I think we're at a good, we're at a good point to end things. Um, I really appreciate you having me on. Oh yeah, That's... no, ab- absolutely. I, I, I really appreciate you being on time is everything. And, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, real quick before we go, uh, where could people reach out to you if they wanted to? Uh, I know you have social media. We'll add that link. I'll, I'll add that um, into the episode description. Um, I'm on both Instagram, Facebook, scottbfd33 at gmail.com is my email. Um, that That's about it. Awesome. All right. So, Scott, again, 
I mean, I really appreciate you, Chief. Thank you so much. Uh, don't go no. anywhere while I close this out. Okay. So, guys, we are on episode 49 today. Culture is instilled by your actions, not inherited by your situation. So remember, you can affect change. Start with yourself. Start with each other. Hold each other accountable. And take everything day by day. And just try to make yourself better than you were the day before. Can't thank you all enough for your support. Both on Instagram, Facebook, the podcast. You know, it means a lot. And, and the fact that so many of you find relatability to this is it's very, uh, very humbling. And I can't thank you all enough. So, creeping up on episode 50, I got some really good guests in the pipeline that I think you all are going to really love. Um, thank you all again for listening. Please make sure to check us out on social media, share it with your friends, and most of all, you guys go out there and have some fun, go to some fires, tell me about it, I'd love to hear it. So thank you all, and uh, you guys have a great day, we'll see you in the coming weeks with more episodes.